You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What was your overall takeaway from watching the Vikings absolutely piss this game away tonight? <laughs> Gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, it's a day later, but um, I, we, we got we to gotta do it. We got to get it in, because that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, I don't think that really could have gone any better. The only thing I asked for that didn't happen, which I'm fine with, is that I really wanted Justin Fields to look awesome so that at the end of this year, there is an absolute revolt one way or another. Either the Bears decide Fields figured it out, he's the guy, we're going to roll with him, and we're going to start building around him, which I don't think would happen, and then they pass on premier quarterbacks, or Justin Fields finally becomes the guy that Bears fans have been begging for and have been insisting that he is all along And Justin, as he comes into his own, they ship him away. Either way, there is going to be a complete revolt and meltdown among Chicago Bears fans. And either way, rightly so. Either you draft a guy who's going to end up sucking and then trade Justin Fields away to a team and then watch Justin Fields become whatever, probably nothing. But if they trade him, I'm going to be a huge fan. And then, you know, try to coach up this other quarterback that's probably not going to be very good because you drafted him, and that's just how it goes. It's like Packers third-round picks. You're cursed. Or, again, you keep Fields, find out that it was just a giant fluke, find out that you are an idiot, and your team is run by idiots, and watch as, you know, these two quarterbacks that you could have chose from go on to be the next Pat Mahomes, or even one of them. But you, you were sitting right there, and you didn't take him. Just like you were sitting there last year with the number one pick and could have taken C.J. Stroud, but instead traded away and went and got a tackle. A tackle that has given up, by the way, the fourth most pressures of any tackle in football. 38. Mike McGlinchey, 39. Donovan Smith, 33. 
Sorry, 41. That was hurries. <laughs> Orlando Brown, 44. That's it. Fourth most pressures of any offensive lineman. You had a quarterback that was under constant, constant, constant pressure. You insisted it wasn't the quarterback's fault. It was, in fact, the offensive line's fault. And instead of fixing the situation and getting a new quarterback, you go get an offensive lineman who is giving up more pressures than almost any other offensive lineman in all of football and passed on a quarterback that is one of the best in football right now as a rookie for the Houston Texans. You all are the biggest pile of idiots ever. You freaking morons. Darnell Wright's highest pass blocking grade of the season is a 71.7. That is his best grade of the year. He is a six foot five, 335 pound mauler who has had two games with a good run blocking grade. Two. That's it. 77 against Green Bay and 81 against Washington. He has given up six sacks, one hit, and 31 hurries, 38 total pressures, and again has given up the fourth most, not just of right tackles or even tackles, of any offensive lineman in football. As I said, tackles generally give up the most. You don't start seeing guards until you get to Ed Ingram at eight for the Minnesota Vikings, because that's obviously hilarious. And then you don't get to centers until you get to number 40. So as I said, as you move inside, you get generally less pressures, sacks, hits, whatever. Anyways, back to the part where you bunch of idiots suck. Last year, between Riley Reef, Larry Borum, Alex Leatherwood, there were, what do we got here? 37 pressures. And by the way, some of those were not at right tackle. Some of these were, um, I'm trying to add up all the right tackle pressures. Uh, Larry Borum played right and left guard. Um, Alex Leatherwood played some left guard. But still, let's just pretend every snap they took was at right tackle. There was a grand total of 37 pressures. You already have 38 from Darnell Wright. Already. We still have to do week 13 and 14, 15, 16, 17, and even 18. Actually, you guys have a bye week next week, so you know you get that bit of a reprieve, I suppose. But I'm 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 sorry, you are the worst freaking franchise. I I mean I, I you can't even look at the Lions anymore. You can't even look at the Lions and say yeah, but what about them, dude? The Lions figured it out. They're cruising into the playoffs, uncontested. There there there's no the, the NFC North is always in contention, even when the Packers were. At the top, there was always that second team. It was either, you know, usually the Bears or the Vikings were trying to battle. They would end up losing to the Packers, who would win the division inevitably. But it was always kind of a heated battle at the top. The Lions are uncontested. They have their they have battled their way up. So you can't even look at them anymore. You suck. And you know what's great about this? This is the team that won. <laughs> this is this is the team that won. But here's the thing. Um the, the, again, this is the absolute best case scenario because both of these teams looked like the two worst teams in football. So any Bears fan, and by the way, I, I just quickly was perusing YouTube and I'm seeing, you know, like guys jumping up and down and going all crazy. And it's like, you guys are crazy because that was complete and utter trash. And you kind of screwed yourself as far as the draft is concerned. And I don't, well, I don't care about the, oh, oh, okay, you don't care. It's the only thing that's going to save you. It's the only thing that's good in your lives. It's not your team. It's not your quarterback. It's not your offensive line. Do you remember when 
we were going to finally see Fields and how good he was going to be because you fixed the offensive line. You went out and got the, the, these apparently elite group of wide receivers, even though you got one new wide receiver. But we're going to pretend that it's a whole new group of wide receivers. Do you remember when you got Nate Davis and you were convinced that that was going to be better? And it's, you know, not because he sucks like I told you he did with his 55 pass blocking grade. Lucas Patrick at center with his 41 pass blocking grade for crying out loud. Cody Whitehair at guard playing like garbage. Tevin Jenkins trying to work his way in wherever he can whenever he's not injured. Of course, I believe he is again. The guy's played like seven games in three years or something stupid. And you know what? You're right about DJ Moore. He He's great. He's having a fantastic year. Just try to look at it. If this is his best year ever, it is by a mile. I mean, as far as his grades are concerned and whatnot, he's playing really well. So kudos to you all for uh, being right on that one. Here's the problem. It doesn't move the needle. You're as bad as last year. Defensive lineman Justin Jones, your top interior guy with a big frickin' mouth who's got a lot to say about the Packers. You know where he ranks out of 137 defensive tackles? This is your number one guy, by the way. 106th. 106th. Yeah, he's super good. Andrew Billings, trash. Javon Dexter, remember that that rookie that you guys got that you were convinced? Um, well, he's really good. He was just in the wrong scheme out there in Florida. They didn't know how to use him. They didn't know what to do with him. But we're gonna we're gonna show the world what to do with him. He has a fifty-seven PFF grade. Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, you you bunch of oh my goodness. I'm I'm so sick of the. I'm 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 so happy that the other teams in the NFC North keep getting Yannick Ngakwe thinking that it's going to mean something. He has a 40 PFF grade with a 40 run defense grade and a 46 pass rush grade. The dude is just the worst. And you bunch of dummies just keep going after him. Demarcus Walker, 64 PFF grade. Well done. He's so good. But, I mean, you did go out and get Montez Sweat. You know, I'll give you that. You got Montez Sweat. He is just elite. I mean, not like actually elite, but, um, you know, like in terms of your imaginations and stuff, currently has a 64.7 PFF grade, 59 run defense, 67 pass rush. So yeah, he's, he's unbelievable. Like I'm so scared. It's basically Khalil Mack all over again. Like I am terrified of Montez sweat. You got, uh, Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson's playing real good football, no doubt about it. He is definitely taking a massive step in year four. Um, is it real? I don't know. It's on the back of like three elite games and everything else is average, but I'll I'll just give it to you. I mean, you've, you've basically got like a 65% chance that he's going to be a pretty mediocre corner when you play him. But there's like that, you know, that small chance he's going to just come in and tear you up. And by tear you up, I mean like he'll maybe lock down one guy while everybody else completely fails to stop anybody. Because, you know, Tyreek Stevenson and Kyler Gordon suck at football. Then you got Jaquan Brisker. I mean, that guy, remember how good Jaquan Brisker was going to be? Like elite, elite. And he only had a 67 grade last year. And I was like, wait a minute, that's all he did? I thought I thought he was doing pretty good. Turns out he wasn't. That's down to a 63 this year. Um, but he's had three good games, you know. So there's that. I mean, run defense and tackling is there. It's just the part where you, as a defensive back, try to stop the passing. He's struggling. And then uh, Eddie Jackson, another one. 
that was supposed to be super good. And last year, like he's he's back to form. He sucks again. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries and stuff, but yeah, he's he's bad. Um, and then Elijah Hicks, the other safety, is is bad at football. But uh, at least you got the linebackers, right? Remember, we invested a lot in those linebackers, and those guys are going to be like really good. They're going to be like really good. Well, as I said, TJ Edwards was actually a good pickup. That was the one guy you got that I said, you know what? He's always been good. He was good in Philadelphia. That was a good pickup, especially for the price. For whatever reason, NFL teams don't like him very much. It was a good addition. He's playing really well. Not like better than he always has, the same as he always has. He's been solid. Um, Then you got Tremaine Edmonds, the guy you paid all the money to. And I told you that his 81.9 PFF grade, his 90 coverage grade, uh, 72 pass rush, 77 tackling grade, that that was fool's gold. That, that he's never done that before. He's a bad football player. The four years prior, 57, 59, 41, 48, bad. So while he, he could break out, look at, look at your linebacker. He broke out later in his career. Maybe this is his breakout, and we caught him. Like, we got him. Okay, how's he doing? 53 PFF grades, 61 run defense, 56 tackling, 36 pass rush, 53 coverage. He's looking a lot like he did prior to that fake year. That's fake. It was fake. He's bad. He's had one good game, week two against Tampa. One good game. 50, 40, 40, 50, 50, 50, 60, 50, 60. Those are the other games that he's had. He's bad. He's a bad football player. And you paid him all the money because you're dumb. Because you bought into 2022 where he had one flukish year and you believed that, you know, your your coach told you, well, we need that linebacker. We need that Tampa 2 linebacker who could cover. Then we need to find a guy and your GM, who's who like pops his collar and walks cool and stuff, he's like, oh, I know what to do. I'll pull up my PFF subscription and I'll, oh, here's a guy with a 90 PFF grade. And apparently didn't bother to look at the rest or just thought like, oh, he had a breakout year and didn't realize that people fall off. I don't know exactly what it was. Apparently his people got him a report that this guy's tearing it up over in Buffalo and is doing great. And they're like, all right, let's go get him. Let's give him all the money. And nobody asked the question, like, how do you do in 2021 or 2020 or 2019 or 2018? Or, like, is this real? Is this fake? <laughs> he didn't bother. He just gave him all the money. And he's garbage. He's trash, bro. I told you that. I told you TJ Edwards is a good linebacker. But the guy you paid all the money to, Tremaine Edmonds, sucks. I told you Yannick Ngakwe sucks. I told you Nate Davis sucks. I told you it wasn't just the offensive line's fault and that drafting a right tackle and getting a wide receiver is not going to fix all your problems. I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you. I told you this. This is what I told you. Do you remember when I told you this? Do you remember when I said this like daily in the offseason? Does any of this ring a bell? Any alarm bells going ringy-dingy-dingy? Every single thing I said was correct. The only thing that you guys got right that I didn't was when you said DJ Moore, when he came to Chicago, would be a top 10 wide receiver. Right now, he is ranked 8th. Congratulations. He came to Chicago and has elevated his game above what he was. Now, you were wrong before when you said he was always top 10. He wasn't. But you're right. He came to Chicago and he became a top 10 guy. That's well done. I didn't think that would happen. He's always been good. He's never been top 10. Happy to concede that because who gives a crap? He'll be 27 going on 28 next year when you have a rookie quarterback. So hopefully you can fix all your other problems in the next two years before DJ Moore has to go bye-bye or starts to decline. You know, like not having a terrible offensive line 
and one of the worst defenses in football for starters. Like if you can do that in the next year or two, I mean, maybe you can, maybe you guys can go on a run here. Might need a new GM though, because the guy you got, not super smart. Kind of a dingaling, if I do say so myself. And I do. So here's the question. What do you do now? What do you do? What, what, what is there to look forward to? I mean, the obvious answer is we've got two early picks in the draft. Cool. You had the number one pick in the draft last year. What did you do with it? What did you do? You basically just got DJ Moore. And then, you know, another swing this year. That's it. That's all you get. DJ Moore and another opportunity to waste the number one pick. And here's the thing. I'm supposed to give you credit for getting DJ Moore with that pick. I don't. Bro, give me the number one pick. You think I can't turn it into a player? Like the fact that the only good player that you got, you had the number one pick in the draft and all the money, a hundred and some odd million dollars, number one in cap space. And the best you came away with is the Philly linebacker and a wide receiver. Bro, give me the number one pick. I'll have Devontae next year. It's not hard. It's not hard to trade the number one pick and get somebody to give you something valuable. Devontae doesn't want to be there anymore. Cool, bro. Come over here. I'll talk to the Jets. They got a loaded defense. I'll get one of their top defensive players. You want to come up to number one, get a quarterback? For sure, bro. Just give me your best defensive player. Give me, well, you're not going to give me sauce, but give me your second best defensive player. Maybe I can pry Quinn and Williams out of their hands. Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I, I just, I'm not impressed that the only time you were ever able to get anyone that's even adequate, you had to trade away your number one pick for it. And that's all you got. A 27-year-old wide receiver who's not helping your team at all. So now what? I'm supposed to say, oh, no, you got a bunch of picks? What are you going to do? With, like you, At some point, you have to demonstrate that you know what you're doing. Number one pick and $100 million, and you couldn't move the freaking needle? You won three games last year. You're at four. What are you going to get up to, five? Maybe? I mean, this is pathetic. I mean, the, the only thing that makes me nervous is the fact that you're probably not actually cursed. You're just unbelievably incompetent. But even unbelievably incompetent people can get lucky when you're sitting with two top five picks in the draft. I wouldn't make a very good GM. You give me the number one pick in the draft every single year, I'm going to put together a pretty good team. I'm going to swing at quarterback until I get a quarterback, and eventually I will. And, uh, you know, I'll be able to get there at some... I mean, if they stay top five forever, well, I guess then they're not very good, but (laughs) I'm just worried eventually they're going to get a quarterback. I think what they should do is continue to lose, get uh, two top four, top three picks, draft a quarterback with the top pick, trade the other one to make sure you get another first-round pick because you need to keep taking as many swings as you possibly can and just hope and pray that you can get lucky into a quarterback that is so good that even your incompetence can't break him. Even your inability to build a team or you know have a quality play caller or a good offensive line or a good culture, locker room, any of that stuff. It doesn't matter because he's so unbelievably good. He can overcome all those things. He can overcome all the awful, disgusting terribleness that is the Chicago Bears. And he will rise above it all to become a great quarterback. It's going to take some work to find that guy. But anyways, before we take a break and then come back and and talk about the Vikings, I just want to check in on uh, the Bears and see, you know, how they're doing. Um, You know, some of the the Bears channels and whatnot. And just... uh, Make sure they're hanging in there because I'm feel I'm guessing they're feeling great, you know, after that big win. First time beating an NFC North team. So anyways, let's check in real Day. quick. 
And I do have a start comment on it up here already. Calware, I don't know what the f- you're talking about. You want to get me fired up from the beginning of the show? I'm here for it. You fucking kid. I've never made excuses for Justin Fields. So go f- yourself and your mother if you'd like. We can do that. Okay. Well, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm torn on whether I want to move on to the Vikings or if we should just do Bears and then do Vikings tomorrow because I'm just enjoying this too much. We'll, we'll take a break and I will have a decision on the other side of the break. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where you can support the podcast or hit me up on Venmo Packernet Podcast. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Decision made. Listen. Football and the Chicago Bears have been synonymous with toughness, running backs, linebackers. You saw a little bit of the defensive toughness on display tonight, but I'm telling you right now, the comments before the game by the GM having to tell a coach, I don't care what level you coach at, if you can't get it through your thick skull, that you have to be in situations that are critical in the moments in the NFL, critical game situations that you have to be reminded by your GM to put the best players on the field in those, you're not the head coach. You're not a head coach. This guy is a defensive coordinator. That's it. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's not a head coach. 
not a head coach. One win against a division opponent in two seasons in this clown circus of a game today is atrocious. And what we saw with four turnovers, any other coach, a a fired Frank Reich would have beaten Minnesota by three to four touchdowns, but not the Chicago Bears because they hold on to their terrible, completely unavailable, unaware offensive coordinator. This guy couldn't call plays anywhere and has a NFL job. There was more screens called today in this game than there are at Home Depot. It is ridiculous what we're seeing out there. You thought the fucking guys walking up to your door to sell you some windows? There's Abgetsy hired there. He can sell screens and windows. That's it. This is a disgrace on the national stage. There's a hell of a lot of fingers to be pointing. You're in the shotgun on third and two, third and one. You don't use anything at all in your power when it comes to your best player on the edge, your quarterback. It's it's ridiculous. You're talking about there was a a moment there where they ran four screens and their identity was to on third, we're going to trick everybody and throw a tight end screen to Cole Komet. You had two turnovers on their end of the football field, came away with nothing because your offensive coordinator's in the gun. He's in the shotgun. Let's go, Let's try to run another bubble screen. You don't even have the right coverage versus it, and you're still throwing it. You're still throwing it. It's an embarrassment on every level. Get the f- under center in 12 or 13 personnel and run the fucking ball. That's what you do. That's what the big boys do. Kyle Shanahan's looking at this guy. Oh, my God. This kid plays Madden with my nephew. He's eight. My nephew beat Getsy in Madden. That's what Shanahan's saying. It's a disgrace. Disgrace. We're talking the top level of football in the world. And you running polls and and fucking Eberflu still have this scumbag out there calling plays, calling plays for the Bears. He can't call plays for me in third and fourth grade football. He could, this guy's the worst. This is the worst coach football team in the NFL. It's not even close. I'm telling you right now. Cole Komet, all of these guys need a different culture. This one ain't working. I'm sorry, Chicago Bears. You have the worst ownership and you have the worst ability to say it's time to move on. When the Raiders can do it, the Carolina Panthers, Texas A&M is paying 17 f***ing coaches and they're trying to win. You're out there, just a fan, sitting here watching this bullshit. When your GM comes on a radio show, 
covered in his own ass. It's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. You should have beaten Minnesota 28-3. That's 35-3 if you're a good coach. Average coach, 28-3. What we have, what we have is atrocious. And Justin Fields, got to be better. Got to be better. And again, you're dealing with complete neglect in regards to this coaching staff. It's coaching malpractice. And I feel like Justin is that kid in the house that's getting neglected by this stupidity. And you know who that falls on? The f***ing GM and the ownership. Because you're allowing this to continue to, to, to track. It's like allowing the leak in your house to continue to leak. You don't want to call the plumber. Cut it. Cut it. Fire them. All. They're all gone. Ryan Poles, all of them. All of them. It's a disgrace. Believe it or not, that was edited down. I I didn't just play it all the way through. (laughs) I tried to find just the good parts, but it was all the good part. I cut out mostly just the schematic talk. Anyways, that was our friends over at The Tape Never Lies. I always like to shout out guys when I uh, rip off their content just so that I can make fun of their favorite team. So make sure you go over and support them. They actually do have a ton of support. They've only got less than 15,000 subscribers, but they got a Patreon. Bro, they are set. <laughs> they are doing fine. Um, but yeah, go show them some love for sure. This is after a win. Fire them. Ryan Poles, everybody. Which, by the way, again, agreed. I want so badly to go on social media and just like try to dig up Bears Twitter. They're, they're easy to find. I mean, it's just... You just start talking about stuff, and they all just resurface. I don't know how they find you. I don't know how it works. There's some kind of thing with the algorithm that Twitter knows, and they're just like, hey, check out what he said again. Like, all right, we go get him. But I just need to tweet out something about fields or polls or something, and they'll all resurface, and then we can just get into it. But I don't want to because I know it's never fruitful. It's not going to go the way I think it's going to go. But I'm just curious where they're at. Are, are, are we still on the fields train? Because it sounds like he is a little bit, which I love. I, lo- I don't want them to be off the fields train because fields is going bye-bye. I want them to believe still that fields is the only thing working, that it's the offensive coordinator, it's the head coach, it's the GM maybe who's just now starting to get thrown under the bus, I guess. It's the offensive line. It's, it's all the receivers except maybe Cole Komet and definitely DJ Moore. I mean, honestly, the, the best possible thing that can happen is they draft a quarterback with the number one pick, trade Justin Fields. Justin Fields goes on to have an incredible career, and um, the person they draft gets stuck with this coaching staff, and just it's just horrible. That would be the best possible thing that could happen, and I will become the biggest Justin Fields fan in the world. He can go to the Jets, you know, Jets pick him up. No, that probably won't work because Rodgers will probably want to come back. He's actually supposed to become. That's a whole interesting dynamic in and of itself, which I don't want to get into right this second. But we probably should talk about that at some point. Aaron Rodgers' potential return, like really soon, which I find amazing for a lot of reasons. Say Fields goes to uh, New England, Patriots get him. Bill Belichick just just turns him into something great. I don't know. I don't want. We don't need to theorize too much. That would kind of suck a little bit, but it doesn't matter. I'd be cheering them on like crazy. It's like uh, the whole Cam Newton experiment all over again in New England, but you know, better. But again, this this is this is this is why that was such a fantastic game, because not only forget the draft implications, even if the draft didn't even exist, 
This is still a game where Bears fans watch to win and are, are not happy. He didn't mention the draft once. The draft isn't the problem. The problem is that team sucks, and there's nothing to be excited about. There's nothing to be happy about. That was garbage. They kept giving you the ball in your own territory over and over and over again. You didn't get a single touchdown in the game. You suck. You suck. You suck. I love the Bears so much. I really, really, really do. They bring me so much joy. The Vikings, I don't like the Vikings as much. They bring me joy like what happened last night. That was, that was great. I really enjoyed that. But usually they're just kind of a thorn. The Lions kind of bring joy, but they've been such a joke. And like, like I said, they, they uh, have been playing us tough recently, so they're kind of a pain. Even when we were good and they sucked, it's still like, I don't know, man, Lions are going to be tough. We're probably going to beat them, but... It's going to be close, and then it's going to make you doubt your team and like, oh, maybe we're not that good because the Lions suck and we can barely beat them. The Bears, though, dude, jeez, you suck so bad, so bad. And I thank you for that. I thank you for being so consistent. I mean, the Packers and Bears have been very consistent in their ability to bring me joy. The Packers win almost all the games. Last two years have been a little rocky, but I mean, they, they very rarely lose football games. And the Bears, they just don't win them, especially against the Packers. So I just, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for everything you are. Thank you for everything you've, you've always been to me. You know, I mean, since I was little, you have been a um, special part of my life. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> okay, well, why don't we do this? I do want to talk about the Vikings. Let's save that for tomorrow. I want to get some of these calls in. I didn't get to PAD, um, well, I did, two nights ago, I didn't get it out. We've got a lot of calls, so why don't we take a break? I'm going to rip through as many calls, oops, sorry, the volume got turned down, rip through as many calls as I can, and then um, and then we'll be done. So let's take our final break. We'll be right back. All right, just for context, because I know it can be confusing kind of where we're at with things and everything, you know, the calls don't always seem up to date or whatever, because they're not. This is from uh, Friday, the very next morning after the Packers win. Here is Aaron. Good morning, Ryan. This is Aaron. Hey. This is the morning after Packers victory Friday. Weird. Anyways. Wow. Yeah, dude. I'm still riding high. I was sick all day Thanksgiving. And literally the only thing that was making me feel better was the Green Bay Packers. Wow. But um, to know that we won 29 to 22 and it could have very easily been 36 to 14. If, and I'm not even talking like mistakes. I'm talking if Jordan Love didn't slide on his run, he could have so easily taken that to the house. Yep. So that that's that could have that right there could have been brought to thirty six points, and then the Lions we obviously it was scored kind of in garbage time where we were just playing prevent defense, and I was worried for that um, onside kick, but then I saw Jaden Reed was there, and I was like, okay, we good. But anyways, dude, Jaden Reed, Jordan Love. 
Rashawn Gary, Christian Watson, <laughs> Tucker Craft, AJ Dillon. Okay, I think AJ Dillon went to the Tucker Craft school of running because that one run where he just like jumped over a dude and like looked like Super Mario and just like was like and he like collected like his mushroom or something and just kept going. I, I, yeah. Anyways, um, but what a game! If, if we can carry this momentum against the Chiefs and do the impossible of everyone saying that we were like, oh yeah, there's no way we're going to beat the Lions or the Chiefs, and all we got to do is win like one out, like two out of the next four, and we'll be okay. We'll be right back in the playoff. If we can pull off this win against the Chiefs. I hope all the people that are like, we need to tank can just keep their opinions to themselves at that point because full steam ahead with Jordan Love at quarterback. Yeah. Anyways, Jaden Reed is insane. Jaden Reed is insane. Okay, bye. Yeah, Jaden Reed's been uh, pretty... Oh, yeah, Malik, he's too. Yeah, he's good. Um, Jaden Reed's been fantastic. Something clicked for him about three weeks ago, and he's just been solid. I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how else to put it. I don't, don't want to overstate it, but, I mean, the, the, if you look at PFF, there was just a clear... I mean, he had a good game week, too. But aside from that, it was like 60-60, 60-50, 60-60, 60-60. And then it's just 70, 70, 70. Like there's just a line drawn right there where all of a sudden it's like, oh, I, I know how to play football. Like we're good. And yeah, as far as the Chiefs game, I mean, I see the Packers, uh, it's slowly moving in their favor. Not that it matters all that much. I, I I almost thought I saw somewhere that it opened at like minus five for Green Bay, which is shocking. And then it went to seven and now it's at six and a half. I don't know. But when I saw it live, it was at seven. It's now six and a half. So Little little slight vote of confidence there for the Packers. Ryan, sorry, I forgot to say Romeo Dobbs, mm-hmm. and I couldn't let that happen because he was he was crazy yesterday too. Everyone was just going off. Zach Tom said, "Aiden Hutchinson, you suck. I got you," and just didn't let him do anything. Um, and then and then I remember the one like time that Carrington Valentine almost had a pick and he fought for that. <laughs> he would not let that ball go. Even like when it was down, he would not let the ball go. And it was, he just was like, this is my pick. But I mean, it was obviously a reception, but it's just like everyone in his team had so much dog in them yesterday. Like, <sighs> If we can carry this team, and this, and this, if this is just the beginning, dude, all the losses we had at the beginning of the year, I, I think are worth it because it helped build this team to get to where they're at. But my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Just, ugh. Okay, easy. <laughs> Take it easy, Aaron. Always appreciate the calls. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how to how to 
elaborate on that other than to say we're all kind of on the same page. It's sort of a stunned, I don't know how to respond. Everybody, I guess, is good, and I don't know where that came from. And I'm happy, and I don't know if it's real, but I'm pumped. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I mean, if they can continue this, it's just a good football team, period. I don't know if they can. We we don't we don't know anything about these guys. You know, I don't know if Jaden Reed's good or Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs or Dentavian Wicks or Jordan Love. Um I don't know if they're good. I don't know if Musgrave or Kraft or you know anybody else. I don't know if they're good. I don't know if Lucas Van Ness is gonna be good. I don't know if Wyatt's any good. Excuse me of fighting through it. We're doing this. I don't know. I don't know who's good and who's not. Um, so we will find out, but that was a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Well, damn, I, I don't, I don't know what I, I I wasn't expecting us to win this game. I don't know. I don't even know what thoughts to really give. Um, like I usually do after a game because I, I don't, I don't really know, but, um, I was actually able to watch the game this time, my my curse somehow didn't affect it. Um, it was on at Thanksgiving, so I, it wasn't like optional for me. Um, so I, I guess uh, let's let's start with awesome, just an awesome game. I, I actually thought uh, the offense looked competent. Ew. You know, it stalled out a few times, and there were still some mistakes, but it, things are looking good. Things are looking really, really good. And Jordan Love, uh, the last three weeks now, man, he is. He was looking like a like a starting quarterback, like an actual starting quarterback. And I don't want to jinx him or anything, but but dang, he's he's looking like the guy. So uh, that's great to see. Um, the other thing, what can Owens take before this game? I, I want to is he is he shooting up? Is she shooting up Lloyd's? You know, did he drink a pack of Monster Energy before this game? Dude did not play like this in any other game. Why? <laughs> like, what happened? What <laughs> happened, Jonathan Owens? I love it. I'd love to see it. An awesome game, my guy. But, yeah, that was that was crazy. And um, the only other uh, really real thing that I, that I wanted to say about the game is if I ever see Matt LaFleur leading um, by that much and decide to try go for two instead of just kick the field goal and be up by two full touchdowns. I'm going to drive. The no, shit out of no. What the? F- no. What the? F- I missed them all. Okay. You would have been up 30 to 14. They would have had to. Succeed. I got to go get them now. All right. We're good and bleeped. That's go get two touchdowns and get two, two point conversions just to go into overtime. But you're like, Oh, well, go for two. No. Yeah. Except. At that point, your offense kept stalling us, so maybe just take take the points, call it a day, you know? God. And then, um, you know, just, like that that just shows me that he even he doesn't have confidence in Joe Barry. And and he's he's his buddy. So like Matt, right there. Right there. You you wanted to go and do that because you didn't trust Joe Barry to make the stop. So don't lie. Don't lie and say that's not the reason, because it is. Go back up. Yeah, and again, I'm I'm a take the points guy always. Um, I'm usually wrong, but in this case, the math did back that up. I believe that was the one. The fourth down was go for it, and I think the the uh, other one was not or two points. I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, the only thing I could I could say to that is what I mentioned before that it 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 all was cohesive insofar as let's be aggressive today. 
I don't know that that was the reason that they did what they did, but it all fit the theme. And overall, I appreciate it. Overall, the idea that we are going to keep our foot on the gas and keep our foot on your throat, I appreciate it. If that meant some maybe ill-advised decisions that had, you know, unfortunate results, so be it. Because I appreciated it. That's all I'll say. Hey, Ryan. Um, let's do the After Dark. Well, the, the one podcast. Anyway, uh, Snacks is a profit now. Um, right. To predict 30 to 22. And if Carlton just makes all his extra points, it would have been 30 to 22. I'm saying, dude. Um, I know he missed the field goal. But it's you, know, you know what? You know what's crazy? Maybe he wasn't supposed to miss that extra point. You know what I mean? Like, that wasn't supposed to happen. Which means maybe he's not so much a prophet as he is a time traveler or something, you know? And he kind of, he messed up the space-time fluctuation coefficient. And now, you know, freaking crazy. Three yard or whatever. Um, it, like, it should have been 30-22. He, he, he hit the score right on. And I just, I'm very confused right now because in... All my years of predicting scores, <laughs> I have never predicted 22 points I'm in my saying. life. Because it's not a number that's often hit. Like, with, with football scoring, you know, you guys know this, but, like, nobody gets the 22. Like, that's just a weird number. Who predicts 22 points? Max, you need, a, you need to go play the lottery or something. I don't know. But, uh, anyway, still just jacked about the win and listening to this podcast. Just making me even happier. So, go back, go. That's, that's even more proof that he knew the score that he peeked through time and saw the score was 22 to 30. And then in our version of time, I'm, I'm playing freaking uh, what's this stupid game called Starfield too much freaking starborn nonsense in, in our universe. He missed the extra point. That's all. Hey, Ryan, it's Craig from Indiana. Hey, Craig. Victory Monday. Yeah. What a fun, fun game that was. That was just so enjoyable to watch. Uh, both sides of the ball, especially um, in, in the trenches where we knew that game was probably going to be won. Um, just so impressed. Given all those injuries we had, um, being on the road, uh, as good as the Lions have been this year, um, just what just what a it was an enjoyable victory. So, um, very excited, excited about the direct, the trajectory of the team, where we're going. This was a year to find out what we have. And I think we're starting to see some positive things that we have. Um, I'm sure there'll probably be a couple of people who don't grade out great, but overall, no one stood out for me as far as having just an ugly game, except maybe the kicker. And I, I've been concerned about him since the draft and the preseason. Um, and camp and everything else. So, uh, still a big question mark for me on him. But otherwise, I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to go back into the positive and just say, um, really, really like what we're seeing. So, uh, go pack, go. And I think that's the right approach. It's, look, I know some of it's not great, but that's, that's as perfect as you can ask for. Asking for actual perfection is the problem. Like the people that are upset are either looking for perfection or looking for a specific thing and didn't get that specific thing. But I think in any game, there are always mistakes. And I think maybe as Packer fans now, we're a little bit hypercritical because 
you know, if it's Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson and James Jones and Greg Jennings and there's like a drop pass and a couple missed passes and a missed block, but you friggin' still dominate like a top team, you don't care. It's just like, yeah, dude, we, we, we came, we saw, we conquered. That's just what we do. We just beat people. And if you were to even bring up like, yeah, but what about like that errant pass? What about the drop? Aren't you concerned that maybe they suck? Like, why would I be concerned they suck? They're awesome. We know that through years of evidence. We don't have years of evidence for these guys. So it's kind of like, that was good, but I, I, I don't know. Like, what if, what if, what if the draw, you know, because it, it's all evidence pointing to a potential reality that maybe they're not good, as opposed to just being a thing that just happens to everybody. So bottom line, even for good teams, that was a good win. Right? It's not like, well, that was a good win, but there's still some things that need to be cleaned up. Like, well, yeah, technically, but there's never going to be a perfectly flawless game. That's not a thing. So by that metric, it was basically a perfect game. Hey, it's crazy again from Indiana. Realize it's like that whole 30% of the time it works every time thing or something. That is the uh, Packer Victory Monday. <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's a Packer Victory Friday, which is even <laughs> better because uh, we can, uh, we can, bask in the glory of this victory for a few more days uh, than if it was a Monday. So my bad. My, my, uh, wanted to correct that. Take care. Bye. Not a big deal. We all get it. We know what it is. Although I was a little confused at first. I was like, wait a minute. I thought this was a Friday call. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> What's going on? It's Omar Firefighter. How y'all doing? What's up? Uh, I'm calling back, um, again to mention something that I won't, I think, over Packer fans to realize, unless I'm just wrong, I could just be wrong. So, again, I'm very happy that Joe Love uh, played that good. He made all the throws I asked. So, you know what I'm saying? If he, if he keeps this up the rest of the season, we got to kill him back. And I'm not trying to replace him. Yep. Um, so right now, my comment is that, all right, he could be very good. Just make sure he consistent. So right now, I want somebody maybe to push him. You know, we got somebody, but I don't want to waste too much of a high pick. We just got somebody that can push, maybe somebody that fall because they got some character concerns. I don't know, something. Uh, just to push him. But if he continues like this rest of the season, I'm like, we good. We don't even need to get enough uh, quarterback. All right, anyway, my, my take on it is this, though. I'm happy we won, and I'm happy because the way we won, we we look good. We, we embarrassed the hell out of the line. But... I don't want us, I don't know if I want us to go to the playoffs because I don't feel like we're a playoff team. Like, I don't want to just squeak in and then lose the first game and we miss out on getting some, like, talent. We need some more talent. Left tackle talent, cornerback talent. I'm telling you, if we can get a final number one, a real number one receiver talent, and it's no slight against Watson saying he can't be a number one, but just a certified, like, baller, we yeah. have a, one of the best receiving cores in the NFL, you know? Because, like I said, I love Dobbs. I just don't feel like Dobbs has that ticky over the top thing. But, I was, you know, he'll be a beast number two, number three, or whatever. Anyway, if we win, I feel like we win a lot of these games. If we win all these games, we're, we're like, missing out on, like, that elite blue chip cap. So, um, and also... Another fear of mine, because that's a fear, is that what if we like have a, end up having like a good defense? 
because I can't believe our defense played that good, and we had no starters, basically. Rashad Gary balled out, and they're like, you know what? Joe Brown is a good defensive coordinator. I don't believe he is. I just think, like, I forgot somebody called and said that maybe the player just making his scheme work, and it's not him. So those are my two fears that I got that has me, like, feeling weird. So I don't know if you can give me something to make me feel better about that or worse, or do you kind of agree? You know, but I like to hear people's thoughts on that. All right, go, Pat, go. Well, I, I agree with the first part. I mean, it's, it's confusing because on one hand, it's like, is wide receiver really the biggest need, you know? Um, but at the same time, I get it. It's like, I like all the guys we have. You know I like Watson. I like Dobbs. I like Reed. Does anybody actually expect any of them to reach Devontae Adams' level? Does any of them? Does anybody expect them to get to top 10? It's possible. I think it's possible. But I don't think it's necessarily likely. I I, I feel like we have potentially like three number twos, which is awesome, by the way, if that's what we have. Um, and maybe we don't, I don't know. But that's sort of the aspiration in my mind. So you still, I don't want to say need, but you know, it's massively beneficial to have that number one guy. And, and all I mean by number one, I'm not talking about X, because you know, Devontae or uh, Dobbs can play as an X, but the question is, do you have that truly elite, won't be denied, Justin Jefferson, you know, Devontae Adams type of a guy? And I don't think the answer is yes. And I, I, I don't think it will be. I think Dobbs is very good for what he is, and I don't necessarily see him getting much better than what he is, which is a good wide receiver. I think Jaden Reed is going to be a good slot receiver. I think Christian Watson is going to be a good deep threat. But I don't think we have an elite wide receiver, and I don't expect any of these guys to get to that level. And I would like to have one because I think it's very important. Um, as far as the defense, I mean, I, I, I'd be lying if I said that didn't cross my mind. I thought I even mentioned it at some point, but I'm not sure. The caller who called in and said, I feel like the defense is only good when guys like become superhuman and sort of take over on their own. In other words, like the defensive scheme is not working, but I'm just going to Superman this whole thing. Now, I don't know if that's true or the situation or what, but you kind of look at it and say, what happens if Rashawn Gary doesn't just absolutely take over this game? Do we still feel as good about the defense? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the defensive scheme is fantastic. Um, And granted, a lot of good defenses are good defenses because they have good players. That's part of the equation. But, you know, was it a good defensive play-calling type of game that also had players step up, or was it a bad defensive play-calling game that had guys step up and compensate for the lack of, you know, whatever? I don't know, but I do know we had, like, two guys just kind of take over this game in Kenny and Rashawn primarily. But, I mean, look, at, at the end of the day, it it doesn't super matter. Right? I mean, we could ask the question, is... Pittsburgh still a good defense without TJ Watt or if they're not a good is if you remove Miles Garrett from Cleveland are they still one of the top defenses well probably not well then their defensive coordinator sucks like okay they're a good defense though right so you have what you want you have what you need you're good I guess at the end of the day if they can continue to play at a at a high level I'm okay with it if that's in fact what they're able to do I'm not 100% sold on that but it's been at least satisfactory so 
we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, it, that's that's my thing with everything. I'm happy with where we're at. It's just a matter of let me see you do it the rest of the year. And I'm skeptical about all of it. I'm skeptical about Jordan. I'm skeptical about the offense and the receivers. I'm skeptical about the defense. I just I've I've seen this play out too many times. Anybody can have a series of uh, a handful of good games. Big whoop de doo. What are you as a player? What what does your career look like? Do you have not three games, but three years, four years, five years, however long your your peak lasts? Do you have that in you? Or is it just a handful of games every year? That'd be my question. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you guys so much for all your calls. I hope you enjoyed the uh, laughing at the enemy. I needed a little bit of that in my life. I haven't done that in a while. Felt good to just talk some trash. And um, we may do the Vikings tomorrow. I, I never like to make promises. That's currently my plan, but it's not tomorrow. So we'll see. But on that note, if you guys ever see anything, and I know people have done this in the past, it doesn't matter if it's not even the main focus, if we're losing, whatever. If you find anything Bears, Vikings, Lions related, that would be, you know, good laughing at the enemy material, send it over to me. We'll, we'll, we'll take a few minutes and laugh about it. But you guys have a good rest of your day. Talk to you tonight, tomorrow, whatever. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>